Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So because it's Father's Day, I want to speak to the men today. Now, this message can apply to all of us, but I really want to speak directly to the men in this church, right? Because because today, men face a myriad of, of different pressure, right? Whether it's economic pressure, right? Pressure to, to provide, right? You, some some, some um, people may be here feeling that pressure like, like, where am I right now? Like, I don't have a sense of purpose. I, I feel like I, I need to, I should be on a different level in, in, in life. Amen. So we, we have a great deal of, of pressure of, of growing your family. You may, to, today, you may feel like your, your, your marriage is on the rocks, and you, so you're feeling that pressure. You don't, you don't know what to do. You may be a single person right now, single man, and you're like, okay, I, I can't find a date. I can't, you know, I'm not married. You're feeling that pressure to, to like to, to date someone or, you know, what happens when I date and, and all that. So it's all types of pressure is such an attack on men. So it's hard to serve God under pressure. And that's what I want to talk about today, serving God under pressure, because so many other things compete with you serving God. You know, have to pay the bills. You got it. You have to provide. You feel that sense of responsibility. Like I must provide for my family, so I can't do some of the things that I normally do. I can't go on this burger tour, right, with the with the men's ministry. I will be there. <laughs> like I can't. I feel like I, I I have to. I have to work. I have to do this. I have to do that. It's just like, how do you serve God with so much pressure as a man? And then on top of it, society puts so much pressure on men, right? Because men, you have to perform. You have to perform, right? It's, 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 it, society teaches you how to compete as a man. Like winning, 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 winning is it. Winning, you have to win no matter what, right? And just how you look as a man with all the muscles. Like you gotta, gotta have certain, you have to look a certain way with all the muscles. I love how you guys looked at me when I said muscles. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't look at Joaquin, you didn't look at Pastor Pete, you looked right at me. I like, I like that. I'm just saying, right? But it's so much, society puts so much pressure on men, right? Just having to, to perform and be competitive and winning, and, and men love to fix things. Like you have to fix things. I remember when I first got married, I felt this sense of responsibility to fix everything. Whether there's problems, right, that we, we, we were having in, in the relationship at the beginning, you know, because there's an adjustment period, right? It goes from the honeymoon, then it goes to, oh Lord. <laughs> Anybody here in that, oh Lord, stage? Like you're just coming out of the honeymoon stage and you're like, oh Lord, oh Lord, what have I done? Or God, what are you doing? Who is this person? 
right? So, but, but like I fell into this rut just trying to fix everything. Every appliance in the house, right? I felt a sense of responsibility to fix it. And I just made things worse. But I've grown, I've grown, I have. Because when appliances break in my home, like I call, like Lee, um, listen. <laughs> Sterling, listen, um, this something, something broke, Josh, hey, because um, these guys know how to fix things. These guys know how to fix it. So I've grown, so I no longer, you know, try to measure up of, you know, of fixing, trying to fix things that I know I'm not capable of doing. But I must admit something. I have this neighbor. You've heard of this neighbor before. But I have this neighbor. This guy is always outside fixing something. First of all, I question, like, why do you have to fix things outside? I believe, I believe he's showing off. So I, walk, so I walk by, he's on the roof. Like, how many times you got to fix the roof? He's on the, side, he's on the side of the house fixing stuff. He's out in the parking lot just fixing stuff, fixing a car, fixing a boat, fixing everything. And I believe he's showing off. So I'll be honest with you, it makes me feel a certain way. Because I walk by after he's fixing a boat or a car, he stands up and he's just like. <laughs> like he better than me. And I start questioning my manhood. And then it doesn't stop there. Then he opens up his garage and it's like Home Depot in his garage. <laughs> I'm looking at him. He looks at me like. So I'm not going to lie, I feel a certain way. So I try to avoid, I try to go the different direction, but it just, but I can only come down that direction to get to my house. And he's always outside fixing something. But I've grown. But I've grown. But it's hard to serve God with all of that pressure. So we have to resist the pressure that society puts on us or the pressure that we put on ourselves or the pressure that our family puts on us, right? See, there is a relationship between your pressure and God's plans. See, God's plans, right? God's plans has purpose, right? It's pressure on purpose. See, society's pressure on you, it's pressure without purpose. It's pressure without purpose. But when God put pressure on you, it's like on purpose. There is always a reason for that. Is someone there? Is someone there today? See, God's pressure on you it's, it's designed for you to walk in the spirit Amen. and not in the flesh. It's designed for you to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. I think we lose sight of that, especially as men, because we love to just fix things, right? We love to take care of things. We love being the man. Am I speaking to any men to, to, today? You don't, I mean, you don't have to admit it right now. Just 
We, I know we have that connection. But so it's, we love being the mayor. But God, God, God des- designs pressure for us to walk in the spirit. Walk in an alignment with him. Being taught by him. It's to walk. See, society, right, is designed for you to walk in the flesh. Right? It's like from outside in. So you can get success by doing certain things and that will make you happy. Right? You do certain things to make you happy. If you're not happy with your wife, get another one. That'll make you happy. Right? So they put everything on the outside to make you happy on the inside. But God goes from the inside out. See, God deals with the heart of things, the root of things. Amen? And so he works from the inside out. Amen? He's saying that you'll never be happy, right, if you're not happy inside. If you're not happy with the things of the Lord. Amen? Amen? So society teaches us that we must measure up to certain things, to, to every other man. But so our, our grass must look like theirs, their grass, in order to be successful, right? <laughs> have to have a certain job, have to have a, a certain financial stability and things like that in order to measure up order to measure up. You ever walk in, I think Pastor Pete shared this about, he walked into a, a training or whatever from his job and these, all these successful men, so to speak, in the same room and they just, they like measuring up to one another. Yeah. Just like so much com- um, competing going on. I remember going to conferences, you know, um, uh, conferences with pastors and stuff like that. It was too thick in that room for me. Uh, yeah. And people measuring up like they, they're the, the better speaker or they have the better ministry and things like that. I said, it's all God's. Yeah. <laughs> like one thing I can't stand, like who's a better preacher? We all use the same word. Come on, <laughs> like how, who, God's the best preacher. <laughs> it's his word, yeah. right? I can't, I can't, you know, it's, I have a hard time with that. They, they come comparing one another and competing with one another. Like, who, who, who's the better pastor? Who's the, who has the better ministry? And things like that. You're taking none of that with you. God's not going to measure you by your preaching or by your ministry. Amen? It's how you actually treat people. Because you can have a huge ministry but don't love people. I, that, I'm not even going there because that's not even a part of what I'm doing, but it's true. So we have all this competitive stuff, and God doesn't, that, that doesn't reach the heart of God. Walking in the Spirit reaches the heart of God. Is someone there? Yes. Are we doing all right? Yes. See, so he works on the outside in. So, what God brings believers through a pressure process. So he brings us through a pressure process. He brings us from the wilderness to the promised land. The wilderness through the promised land. Exodus 6, uh, 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 verses 7 through 8 says, I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who was brought 
who brought who has brought you out from under the burdens of Egyptians. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. So for us to get to our place of promise, we need to know what it looks like first. Because he brings us from the uh, wilderness to the, to the promised land. What's the promised land? What is that? We need to define it and how it looks different from the wilderness. Right? See, the wilderness is a, is a proving place. The wilderness is a proving place. The promised land is a resting place. It's a resting place. It's a place of maturity. It's a place where God brings you through a certain process, right, of maturity, right? That's what he had to do with the Israelites. He brought them, he delivered them from, from slavery, then brought them through the wilderness into the promised land. He had to bring them, bring them through a process, bring them through the process, right? So the rest was the part of their inheritance and was a gift that came with the territory. The land did not provide the rest, right? Rather, the God who, who gave the land provided the rest, right? So as God brings you through a process, right, of, of, of all of maturing, and then, he, then you, you get rest. So you build, that's the way you build trust in him. Right. It's that resting place where you can you can fully trust him with all that you have. It's a resting place. So it wasn't just about the land. Right. It was about getting closer to God. So so we go through things in life. See, Everything starts in the wilderness. Right. So every problem we may have, God will put you through the wilderness. Right. And then you will at the end, you will get closer to him. See, with him, after every trial and tribulation, there's always a promise connected to it. But we have to go through the process. Are you with me so far? See, the promised land is a resting place. It is a resting place where you totally trust God, when you have that peace in God. Amen. We, we have um, so that promise rest is which provides victory and security in our lives. Amen. So Jesus also promised rest to those who followed him in Matthew 11, uh, verse 28 through 30. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So it's without Christ, right, we get stressed out. Without Christ, we try to do everything on ourselves, by, by ourselves. But we, God's teaching us to walk through, to, to walk in the spirit man. Are you with me? In Christ, we find complete rest for our, for our search for something secure, right? Jesus alone is God's provision to our rest, to our rest. So trust, so true rest is found in security of faith in his son is the gift awaiting his followers. Yes, God, bless God. But everything we go through starts in the wilderness. 
The wilderness is not a bad thing. God is in the wilderness. He proved it with the Israelites, right? The Red Sea, he parted the Red Sea. What a miracle that was, right? Right? He fed them with manna, right? He defeated a lot of their enemies. God is in the wilderness, right? But he doesn't want us to rely on miracles when we are in the wilderness because we won't mature as Christians. We won't walk in the spirit because our flesh will always be yearning for that miracle. Our flesh will always yearn for that miracle. So he teaches us how to walk in the wilderness, how to walk in the spirit, man. So there's three things, right, you can expect when you're walking in the miracles. Then we're going to go. We're going to enjoy our Father's Day. Amen. Just let the women know that, fathers, this is your, this is your day. You can be able, to, be able to do what you want. You have, we have one day. We, we got one day. One day, because we know the rest of the week is going to be about you. That's okay. We get one day. Some of us only get this time at church. I know for me, I only have this time. I feel free right now. My wife already asked me, so what you gonna put on the grill today? We gonna cook today. Happy Father's Day. I get to preach. I am free. But three things you, 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 would, you have to expect when you're going through a wilderness process to get to the promised land. The first thing, you ready for it? See, when God wants to um, mature you, he will, in, in a particular area, he will test you. So expect to go through a testing time, right? See, the test will reveal if you are walking in the flesh or you are walking in the spirit. <laughs> God has a way to test us, right? Putting things in front of us. How are you going to respond to this thing? What's going to rise up? Is it the flesh or is it the spirit? Right, so it's the testing. It's the testing. You are a child of God, you will get tested. Because the test reveals what's in your heart. It was what's in your heart. It will be revealed, right? It will be revealed, right? People, God will send people in your life to test you. To test you. So stuff just rises up out of you, right, with certain people, right? So God's like, here it is. Take this. I want you to get a hold of this. This is it. This is that thing right now. This is why I'm testing you because I try to get get the hold of you. So don't get upset with the person. It's a design by God. They're here because of God. They would test you because he wants that thing that's inside of you to rise up because he know it will. You want to walk in the spirit? You want to get closer to me? Well, deal with this thing. Come on, you're in church. You know what I'm talking about. Certain people just pull the worst out of you. Right? So you trying to be spiritual. You're just like, I'm... But you know that flesh is just rising up. That's okay, because that's all by God's design for you to actually deal with that thing, right? See, I believe God gives us a platform for his glory. He gives us a platform. We can either make him look good or make him look really bad. It's just how we respond to certain things or certain blessings that he gives us. 
right? So God will give us this miracle, um, financial miracle blessing, right? And then he's looking at it. He said, okay, how are you going to handle it? Because you're going to tell everybody, I got this money. I got this blessing. God is so good. God is so good. Then you can't say that you broke next week. (laughs) You make God look bad. Because when God gives you a financial blessing, it's, it's, it's not to just sustain you, it's to, for you to thrive, right? You have to ask God, what, why did he give you this blessing? Yeah. It's not just to pay your bills, yeah. right? See, we all look for a bailout all the time. That's why the Israelites, they were looking for God to bail them out all the time. God's not going to bail you out all the time. Yeah. He's not going to bail you out, right? He, he, he wants you to be a good steward to the things that he gives you. Yeah. So you have to make him look good whatever he gives you. Man. Whatever he gives you, he wants you to look good. It's a platform for his glory, right? right? So I, you, can, you can be financially secured because of the one, that one check or that miracle check that God's given you. And you, that could be your testimony to others, Right? Certain possessions that God gives you, you've got to give him glory. What, what, what you do with it must bring glory to his name, must bring glory. So every person that you encounter, I can't speak about this enough. Every person that you encounter, right, how are you going to treat them? How are you going to respond to them? Is it going to bring glory to God or bring glory to your flesh? It's a platform for his glory. Are you going to make him look good or make him look bad? We do a great job as Christians, I'm telling you, do we make God look bad all the time. A lot of times, because we say that we go to church, we say that we love God, we have this relationship with God, but we are nasty to coworkers. We are nasty to our families. That's not God. That makes him look like, you're supposed to be a Christian? Is that? You're supposed to be a Christian? Have you ever someone, you ever have to say to someone that, hey, yeah, I'm a a Christian, and and, and they go, their response is, really? What? Really? That's not good. Like, that's not good. It shouldn't be a surprise. Why is this a surprise? Right? Why is this a, a surprise? Right? You can't be like, oh, I'm the best kept secret. You didn't know. I just kind of, I just like to fit in and, and all that. It's like, you know. You... No, that's, that's not God. That does not bring glory to God. The light should be on you all the time. If your light is not shining, there is a problem. It should be like an alert, alarm. It's like, burr, burr, burr. there's no light in you. That means that you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. I mean, you can tell when someone's walking in the spirit, right? It's just their presence, their mere presence and how they respond to you, right? And they don't make a big deal out of everything. Every around some people, they make a big deal out of everything. Like, is everything a big deal? Like, do we have to argue over every single thing? It's it's like, that's the flesh just rising up. What is the f- we, have to, we have to ask, what's the f- flesh trying to say? Yeah. What is the flesh yearning? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What is the flesh? Stop feeding it. Wow. 
Yeah. Whatever you do, stop feeding the flesh. What, what does Galatians 5.16 says, right? What does it say? I don't know what it says. What does it say? <laughs> well, it says walk in the spirit and you will d- deny the flesh, right? Yeah. You will deny the flesh. You resist the flesh, right? You guys are supposed to help me look. Oh, there you go. You made me look good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> right? So testing, God will always test us. God will always test us. See, Job made God look good. Job had that platform. See, the enemy went to God and said, I want to bother Job. I want to cause havoc in his life. I want to do this. I want to do that. And, and God said, okay. 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 So Job made him look good. So Job had uh, family pressure. He still made God look good. Job had financial pressure. He still made God look good. He never cursed God. Because he's saying it wasn't about the possessions. It wasn't about what God takes, takes away. If God doesn't take it away, that means he's got a plan. He's got something better in, in my life. He has, he has something better in my life. Amen? So we must make God look good. We have a platform for his glory. Amen? He wants us to look good. See, people are watching us. We must realize that. Watching, are you going to pass the test or not? See, we wonder why we wander all the time with no purpose, right? No purpose in, in life. It's because we, the test that's presented to us, we don't pass. We must pass a test. The only way you're going to pass the test that God gives you, that God gives you, which is a spiritual test, is for you to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. You can't pass a spiritual test with a fleshly uh, approach. So you must walk in the spirit. That get lost in the church, I think. It's just like, it's not just a Sunday thing. God doesn't want us to get filled in the spirit, right? He doesn't want us to be prisoners of the moment. Where you come to church and you celebrate and you worship him and you got your praise on and you are filled with the spirit and you walk out of here empty because you have nothing to give during the week. We don't be prisoners of the moment, right? God wants to teach us to walk in the spirit. That's what the wilderness is designed for. It's for us to, uh, to pass this test, right? It's okay when fleshly things rise up. It's okay. God said, we're going to deal with it. We're going to deal with it, right? Okay. Thank you, Pastor Steve. So once we pass the test, and the, and the, second, thing, and the second thing is then we start to transform. We start to transform, right? But see, the Israelites neglected to transform, right? They still had that slavery mentality. They still had the victim mentality. So they failed because every test that they were given, they failed, and then they they were reluctant to to transform, right? And so, but but because their their hearts weren't right, right? And, but, but the past had so much power over them. Wow. They couldn't deal with the past. They couldn't get through 
uh, the past. Amen. Romans 8 um, says in uh, verse 1, it says, there, there is therefore now a uh, condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and, and death. Right? So the law of sin and death is still in you as it was uh, before, but, the, but it no longer has power over you. No longer has power over you. Right? So, so we, we, uh, we tend to allow problems and people to have power over us. But it says that, so it's proven, Romans 8 proven that if we can have, if sin and death no longer has power over us, so we still have the same flesh, but the sin and death no longer has power over us because Jesus dealt with that. Yeah. So if that's true, that sin and death no longer has power over us, why do we allow problems and people to have problems, to have power over us? That's good. And we can't blame them, right? Because there's something about us that gives them that power. Wow. But if you are walking in the spirit... Right. That spirit be resistant to anything that tries to take its power. Because anything that tries to take its power is evil. Right. So it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. I already defeated that. (laughs) Holy Spirit said, no, 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 no. Jesus already went to hell and defeated that. You can't have power over this person. You can't have power over this person. No longer you can have power. I died for this young lady. You no longer have power over it. See, you walk with the power of God in your life, so you can't no longer have power over it. Problems, people, people love to say things to you that put weight on you. Mm-hmm. The weight of words, the weight of death on you. God's saying that they don't have that power over you any longer. Why do you give it to them? Yeah. It's almost like we value what uh, people say negatively over us. Wow. See, never ask advice for people, from people that criticizes you. Oh. <laughs> so it's like when people speak death over you, it's like you're taking the advice. It's like you're taking their advice. So that means they have power over you. So certain decisions, certain things that you want to do, you start thinking about it. You start believing what the person said badly about you. <clears throat> no. The Romans 8 says that it no longer has power, that we are free. We are free. That was the problem with the Israelites They couldn't move forward because they still felt like they were in bondage. So they saw the promised land, right? They knew what God said, but they refused to take steps in that direction. So they they continued to wander. They continued to wander. But it's hard, right? It's hard to move forward when you have all this weight 
on yourself, this weight of pressure, what people have said over you, all these expectations that people have on you. It's hard to move forward. It's hard. It's really hard. Their voice becomes um, um, stronger in your life because they have power over you. Their voice, becomes, their voice is more stronger than God's voice in your life wow. because they have that power in your life. Amen? Amen. They have that power over you. So I, I believe, I truly believe this. We blame the enemy. We give the enemy way too much credit, right, when we get tested, right? We get tested. See, the enemy looks at our spiritual growth as well, right? He sees when we don't pass the test. He sees when we don't transform. So we give him so much credit, we're thinking that it's him attacking us. But a lot of times, we attack ourselves. Yeah. Right? So we thinking that it's the enemy, it's the enemy. No, the enemy's way over here in the promised land waiting for you to come. He said, I don't need to attack you. You doing it all yourself. I'm waiting right here. See, the real battle, the real battle is when you get to the promised land. Because that's what he's more afraid of. When you start maturing as a, as a, as a believer. Right? But if you're still just wandering in the, in the wilderness, not past, getting the same test over and over and over, right? Why would he bother you? Why, why would he bother you? He's just over there waiting for you to take that next step into the promised land. Don't allow people's opinions to dictate your self-worth. That's a powerful thing. Amen? All right. All right. So I'm going to move a little forward here. So then the third thing and the last thing. So we go expect this in the wilderness. Expect these steps. You go through a testing. Then you go through a transformation. God wants us to transform into the person that he called us to be. Transform from walking in the flesh into the spirit, right? And then it's the preparation. It's the preparation time, right? Prepare you to walk right with God. See, the whole point to the wilderness was preparation, right? And so what struck me about the Israelites when you read, read chapter 17, it, it was like, so Moses had made a decision to w go in a different direction, he went the long distance instead of the, the shorter way where, where God told him. So then they, they went and they, they fought the um, Amalekites, right? And, and, they, and they were, uh, so they, 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 they didn't fight them for the land. So the land was in Canaan. They didn't fight them for the land. They fought them just to pass through. Do you know how exhausted that, that was? It's like they had to just fight just to pass through. They weren't even on their way to the promised land. They were going a total different direction, but they had to fight just to pass through. We, I believe, we have to examine what battles we are fighting. Are we fighting battles, right, that's meaningless, right? Because when they, when they fought this battle, it established nothing. 
So are we, uh, are we fighting battles that aren't establishing anything? Because we just get exhausted, right? We just get exhausted, right? Do they establish anything in your life? Do they take ground for the kingdom of God? Or is it just allowing you to pass through? Are you just passing through life? Right? So there's still more battles, so much more battles to fight. Right? When you get into the promised land, it's a whole, much, a whole bunch of battles that you need to fight. We need to stop fighting battles that we're not called to fight. You get, you get exhausted. Right? We get exhausted. But when you walk in the spirit, God will just assign a certain battle for you to fight. I remember we got the call to come to Texas, right? It was, we had this cute ministry, right, in Connecticut. Everything was going really well. <laughs> we were one of the pastors. Everything was great, right? Everything was awesome. Everything was set up um, beautifully. Wasn't that much pressure on us, it's a different type of pressure. But when we got the call to come to Texas, they got off the plane, started planting the church. I was like, whoa, we are finally in a real spiritual battle, a real spiritual battle. I've never been more attacked in my walk with God than I've been here in Texas. And God spoke to me one day. He spoke to me one day. Yes, I know, son, you are in this spiritual battle. And it could be exhausting. But he says you're fighting the right fight. And he says, I want you to look out. Look at every person out in the congregation. They are worth the fight. They are worth the fight. But it's got to be a fight, a battle that's designed by God. Otherwise, it's exhausting. Then you're just fighting with the flesh and not the spirit. Right? So how do we serve God under pressure? By walking to the spirit. Pressure on purpose versus pressure without purpose. This is a purpose with every, with every pressure, with every test that God gives you. This is a purpose that's connected to it. It's the promised land. When you get into the promises, it's a place of security with God. It's a place of maturity. It's a place that you trust God. See, with every trial that you go through, it starts in the wilderness, and then there's breakthrough. And the, that breakthrough is that promised land. And it wasn't about the land. It was about getting closer to God. It wasn't about the land. It was about knowing God more. If you say, God, I want to know you better, Guess where you're going to begin? Wilderness. Because he's going to deal with your commitment, right? He's going, to, he's going to deal with your attitude. He's going to deal with your actions. He's going to deal with your response. 
right? You want to get closer to him, then these things will happen. You will get tested, but you will transform. And God will prepare you for something greater. So men, the pressure that you are feeling right now, ask yourself, is it pressure from society? Is it my own pressure that I put on myself? Or is it pressure from God? Because if it's pressure from God, it's pressure with purpose. That means he's, he's doing something. It's okay to be in the wilderness. Just don't stay there. Just, just don't stay there. Like you got to get some victory at some point. You got to get some relief at some point. God is a resting place. Right? And he calls us a resting place. God on purpose. Serve God with a purpose. Come on, stay. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.